the San Francisco Chronicle half-jokingly made a list of examples of what it means to live in a bubble in or near San Francisco. They came up with 45 examples, but I'm only going to share three. So for example, paying $15 for organic coffee made from hand-picked, rare, carefully washed and dried beans, using Lyft to go three blocks. <laughs> Thinking it's normal to see a line all the way down the block for buy right ice cream every single day. My bubble may take a different shape than yours, but it's a bubble. There are a small number of people who mingle every day with people of all political parties, with homeless people and housed people, with people of all different races, sexual identities, and socioeconomic statuses. But for most of us, being in the bubble means that we spend much of our waking day with people who look like us, think like us, and vote like us. It's not that all the different people aren't here in the bubble. It's just that we tend to stick to the familiar. This made me think of a talk given by Brian Stevenson. Many of you know him as the phenomenal young Harvard-educated human rights attorney who has successfully argued cases before the Supreme Court. He's done a lot of work with inmates on death row. In his public talks, Brian Stephen makes a case for getting proximate. He explains the genesis of this idea. When he was a child, his grandmother would always give him very tight hugs. He cherished those hugs. In his book, Just Mercy, Stevenson writes, she never tired of pulling me to her. She told me all the time, you can't understand the most important things from a distance. You have to get close. As we enter into this year, 5780. Her words resonate. We cannot understand the most important things from a distance. We have to get close. We Jews know this from experience. I wonder how many of you, like me, went to college and roomed with or encountered classmates who never met a Jewish person. I'm not talking about hardcore anti-Semites, but some of their preconceived notions about us, honestly. We can't understand the most important things from a distance. We have to get close. Years ago, our former synagogue in Seattle hosted a homeless encampment in the parking lot. One of our congregants, Al, 
volunteered night after night. Al learned that those 10 camp residents went to their paid jobs every day, but for most of them, the single greatest hurdle to getting a permanent place to live was their inability to save a first and last month's rent. Al inspired our temple and the local Jewish family services to partner on a homeless to renter program, H2R, that raised funds for security deposits. To this day, H2R continues to move Seattle families off the streets, all because one Jewish person took his own experience of being misunderstood by people who made assumptions about Jews and used that insight to get to know others. Getting proximate resonates strongly as a Jewish practice. In the Torah, getting close is the way our biblical ancestors connected with God. They built a holy temple and brought the products of their harvest to be offered up to God. Their offerings were called korban, or korbanot. Though literally korbanot are temple sacrifices, the root word kuf, Reish bet, karov, means to draw close. Our ancestors engaged in the sacrificial system by giving away something of real value as a means of growing closer to God. I understand that talking about God makes many feel uncomfortable. I think that's in part because our ideas about God sometimes reflect a pre-science perspective. Before the advent of science, cause and effect was a total mystery. Over time, it has become clear to so many that there is no hidden guy in the sky who kills this one and saves that one, but there is Something more, something beyond ourselves, a spiritual presence that we yearn to feel close to. A most cherished aspect of our Judaism is that we are in a constant mode of inquiry and wrestling with the notion of God. This is such a beautiful element that is built into the fabric of our religion. Generations of Jewish theologians have added to our ideas about God. Maimonides teaches us there is so much more that we can never know about God than what we can know. So we continue seeking and trying to get close. The holy temple and the sacrificial system are long gone. But perhaps we can repurpose the concept of korban, the religion of getting proximate. In my own ongoing struggle to connect with God, 
one place I think so many of us feel that sense that there is something holy, something more, is somewhere deep down in the core of our relationships. The architect of finding God in relationship is our own Martin Buber. Martin Buber was an amazing Austrian Jewish philosopher who lived until 1965. In his recent biography of Buber, Paul Mendes Flohr writes of Buber's life work promoting the essential unity within a world of diversity. Doesn't that sound like what the world needs now? While Stevenson's grandmother prescribed warm, close hugs, Buber's grandmother would often say, one never knows the face of the angel, God's messenger, who will appear before us. According to Buber, God attains its earthly fullness only where individual beings open themselves to one another, disclose themselves to one another, and help one another, where immediacy is established between one human being and another. That's our korban, our closeness to God, when we establish immediacy between one human being and another. In other words, sometimes we find God in our most cherished relationships. Other times, in order to find God, we allow for the discomfort of stepping outside our bubbles. Would you believe last year, a group of politically liberal, mostly female, white New York Jews traveled to Michigan to meet mostly male, white, conservative Michigan Christians? It sounds almost funny, but the Michigan and New York participants spent a lot of time with each other and all learned a lot. The number one discovery, of course, was that each group had notions of the other that were incorrect. Real and consequential differences separate Americans, the report concludes. But the more divided we get, the more mistakes we make. Many of us feel uncomfortable when getting close to people we first perceive as unlike us. Or we think, not me, I'm fine with everyone. But each of us, no matter how liberal or how conservative, contains unconscious biases. These are learned stereotypes that are so deeply ingrained that they influence our behavior without our awareness. It's a built-in evolutionary mechanism that helps us protect our clan or our tribe from those we might perceive as other and therefore as a threat. For some, thinking about getting close to others might make you uncomfortable right here and now as I speak. That is completely understandable. But I think that part of our holy work is to accept the discomfort and find ways to move through it in order to build sacred relationships across 
distance. We don't have to travel to Michigan to get out of our bubbles. There are so many ways to find God through intentional connection. I would love to share just three different possibilities for your own korban, for your spiritual search for God in relationship. One, fewer than 6% of San Francisco residents are African American. Our San Francisco Black Jewish Unity Group that meets monthly, not far from here, is one easy way to talk to one another face to face, to spend time meeting each other, and to work together toward racial justice. Some of our participants are African American Christians, some are Jewish, and some are Jewish African Americans. Everyone is welcome to drop in or come monthly or to attend one of our upcoming monthly event, um, educational events. Let me know if you would like to try it out. I find God's presence each time I attend in the faces and in the hearts of all who participate in our unity group. Two, through our Tzedek Social Justice Council, there are specific ways you can safely push through that discomfort and put yourself in proximity with the very people we want to help, just like Al did for those homeless people, families. This coming year, congregants will again participate in theater-based workshops with inmates at San Quentin, or by cooking and serving dinner to a small, with a small Emmanuel team at G House, we meet face to face with homeless young adults. Or volunteers from Emmanuel cook and serve dinner every year at the San Francisco Interfaith Council Winter Shelter. Year after year, as each man expresses such heartfelt gratitude for that meal, I experience a closeness to God in those moments. Three, our own Congregation Emmanuel is far more politically and socioeconomically diverse than most people realize. You can almost be certain there are people in this sanctuary to the left of you and to the right of you politically. We run the risk of demonizing people who are not in lockstep with our beliefs. Developing a bond with someone with whom we disagree on issues is another means of drawing close to God. There are, of course, certain people we can't get close to for safety reasons. If they've caused us harm or threatened us, if they demean us, we must keep a safe distance. But if our divided nation is ever going to come together, we will have to open ourselves up to connecting with people, even if we have fundamental political differences. That goes for both sides of the aisle. Last year, I made friends with and invited a Muslim Yemenite refugee 
Muhammad al-Samawi to speak from this bima. His story is extraordinary, and if you missed the talk, I recommend his book, Fox Hunt, to everyone. Of all the remarkable elements of Muhammad's story, the one that always stays with me is that Muhammad grew up believing that all Jews and Christians were responsible for the miseries of his people. He hated Christians, and he hated Jews, and he hated Israel. Eventually, Muhammad decided he needed to meet a real Jewish person. In fact, it's quite an endearing story how hard Muhammad had to work while living in Yemen to get close to a Jew because the Jews were all forced out of Yemen and he had no idea. But he traveled and he finally met one and then another and another. And as he met actual Jews and real Israelis, he realized that you can only really know people by meeting them face to face and not by stereotypes and calumnies that we are fed about each other. He hated Jews before he met one. In 10 days, Muhammad will be the featured speaker on Yom Kippur afternoon at a prominent synagogue in Los Angeles. Muhammad's story embodies the redemptive power of building relationships across difference. I think if a young Muslim man from Yemen can change like that, then any of us can. In these times of deep division, we need hope. And this gives us hope. We need to find God by building relationships across difference at this moment in our history. And so we welcome 5780, a new year, a time of hope, a new expression of Korban. When it is appropriate, hug each of the people nearest to your heart. And then find a way that works for you to get proximate with those who are farther but in need. We can't understand the most important things from a distance. We have to get close. Shana Tovah.